Jake. Jake, how's it going, man? How's how's your week so far? It's pretty sweet, man. I mean, did you enjoy your Monday off? I did. It's great. And to know, like, after just one day of work, you're like, okay, tomorrow's Wednesday. It's just so stupid how easy it is to trick your dumb human brain on stuff like this. Yeah. I, I mean, my entire demeanor today is like, all right, okay. Uh, you know, I find the whole discussion about how Monday is great, how taking a Monday off is great to be, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's always presented by Dan as like this giant revelation when, uh, you know, he spent, I recall like whenever I first started working with Dan, uh, all he would talk about and he would talk about literally nothing else was how great it was to take a Friday off. And now he's like Friday off. Fuck it. You know, that, that, that's like working an extra day, goddammit. It's, it's terrible. Got to take a Monday. And I, I think that probably the central insight here is just taking a day off is good. Like, if it was a fucking Tuesday, are you telling me that, like, uh, you wouldn't enjoy that week a little more? Yeah, but, I mean, obviously, if we... It's like pizza, right? You'll eat any of it. But that doesn't mean that some of it's not... It has advantages relative to other types of pies. I would say um, that all pizza is pretty close, like pretty close to good i mean certainly there are pizzas that are much better than other pizzas but i have more on that in a minute <laughs> you have more on that uh in the rest of your life i don't think that's ever going to be a topic that is that is far from your mind but um but, but yeah no nah, I, I would just say days off good if you can get them uh near other days when you don't have to work it's a little bit better uh and, and that's that's about it <laughs> Yeah, I got to be honest, though, man. Like, I mean, I can't really speak to uh, him going full John Kerry here. By the way, is that the first time you ever remember a politician being called a flip-flopper? Like, had uh, that been around forever, but that was just the first time I voted, so it's the first time I heard about it? Yeah, I'm not an authority here to uh, to tell you whether or not that's true. Um, but uh, I more, more remember him being called a, a waffler, that he would waffle. Oh, see, I remember flip-flop, and I also remember... Um, well, I wasn't free at the time, so... That's true. Yeah, it was just what the the, the nuns were telling you. I was a, a senior in high school taking government class, so I got a lot more exposure to that than I'm sure any other Excel students got uh, to, like, other elections prior to that. Like, I, I, I watched all the debates. Like, our teacher would tape them and bring them into class. Uh, I happened to be free and in Washington during the DNC... Um, so I, I got to watch Barack Obama's, uh, keynote speech and shit. Yeah. I remember John Kerry reporting for duty. I watched that on a tiny television in my, uh, my uncle's, uh, uh kitchen. The other thing about Kerry though, that I was going to say was just, I remember whenever they tried to, to reference Dukakis again for the second week in a row, like the photo that came out of him that everyone was like, look at this, you know, British cigarette. He was windsurfing. And I'm like, that, he looks cool <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. I and don't like, know. This looks, he looks, I mean, windsurfing is cool. Windsurfing like, is cool. I don't want to die on the John Kerry is good hill. 
Well, no, not that necessarily. But I mean, obviously the Swift Boat thing was a big deal. But the photo that like got really Swift Boat thing was so fucking du- like to the. Yeah. I would love a you're wrong about uh, Swift Boat veterans for truth because I I have no understanding. Like like I said, I was. It was definitely something that was talked about to me at the time. I've like since, you know, a couple times like Googled Swift Boat Veterans for Truth or whatever and uh, tried to to get what's going on here. And like, I don't know. It's crazy to me that the, the 2016 election was uh, was swung by the, uh, the the Comey letter. And, you know, of course, I fault Hillary quite a bit for allowing the race to be close enough that it could be swung by something so dumb. But it's obvious from the polling that it was swung by something so dumb. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, but it, and like that shocks me. But like, I understand every part of it. You know, like like I, I know what voters were objecting to. I'm surprised they objected in that way. And I think they're dumb for doing so. But I know what they were objecting to. Uh, the Swift Boat Veterans for Truth thing. I've got no fucking clue. No, I don't really either, and I was paying fairly close attention to it at the time, but it was just, like, guys that he served with who were like, actually, he sucks. I don't think that they served with him. I think they just did the same job. Like, maybe one of them did, and we're like, yeah, no, we were also in Vietnam, and we think he's not that good. And everyone's like, like, well, fuck, can't have him. Then I mean, after all, they did the same job as him 40 fucking years ago. Yeah, and it's like also, uh, you know, he's not running against, uh, you know, Rambo. <laughs> this yes. other guy, like this other guy, was like, "I'm just not going." Yeah, I want to hear a <laughs> fucking uh, ad from the fellow fucking cokeheads in the Texas Air National Guard. <laughs> like, would, would that have been enough to convince you on the other side? Very strange, but just to, to circle on back to windsurfing. It looks cool as fuck. Like I'm looking at the picture of him right now, and like this is the photo that people were like, "Ooh." Look at this! Uh, look at this weakling. I'm like, it's dude, windsurfing is hard. Yeah, like, really hard, and requires a decent bit of upper body strength. You gonna you gonna get the get there one day? You think? Man, I bet not. You take you a lot live. of vacations. Who me? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, the, the, as far as people who are in places where you could windsurf. Man, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could pull it off at like Grapevine Lake. You definitely see people out there doing like water sports and shit. Like that's a heavy canoe kayak game, which I should probably take advantage of more. Um, because I did some kayaking this weekend and I actually quite enjoyed it. But uh, oh, my pizza note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of the places that was recommended to me whenever we were headed down to uh the hill country area was to uh, try a place called Via 313 Pizzeria. Okay. And, of course, anybody who spent a good amount of time listening to D12 knows that 313 is the Detroit area code. And I don't know how much everyone else knows. I mean, I'm sure some of the audience does, but uh, Detroit-style pizza is a distinct kind of pizza. I don't really get it. It seems like... that's where I was headed. Other kinds of pizza. I'm sorry. I don't mean to preempt you. I'll just stop talking. It's... I mean, and I know this is a bit of a shot at you because, like, I definitely want to acknowledge that the Italian beef at Portillo's is one of the best food items I've ever had in my life. Thank you. Thank you. But if we're talking now, this is my first time. It's a people who I assume from Detroit and there's they're only in Austin. Uh, They've got like four locations or something. And we stopped and picked one up and ate some in the park on the way back. 
Dude, it fucking demolishes Chicago deep dish pizza. That's the <laughs> like, dumbest fucking thing you've ever it's seen. It's not even really like a de- like I don't I don't even see how the Chicago thing became a big deal. Yeah, I just don't like talking to people like you. Yeah, well, you need to try 313 or I've tried Detroit-style pizza pizza in Detroit. I'm happy to try this kind. It's probably not that different from the kinds that I've had in Detroit. It's good. It's very good. I like it a lot. I feel no need to denigrate other kinds of pizza saying that the kind that I like best is Chicago. It's okay. Again, I'm not denigrating. I'm ranking, thereby saying the one is below the other. And Detroit, top-ranked regional pizza in my world as of July 7th, 2020. It's better than the New York. It's better than Chicago. It's it's incredible. <laughs> All right, Jake. I'm going to stop talking to you for a second and just directly address Justin. I don't want to fucking hear it, dude. Not one fucking text message about this entire goddamn podcast. All right, Jake. Back to you. I just it's the disagree. perfect amount of crisp and access to toppings where it doesn't feel like you're just eating cooked lasagna, like really heavily baked lasagna, which is basically what yeah, Chicago deep dish lasagna. is. Awful well, food item. Fucking Brussels sprouts and lasagna. Can't tell the difference. You need a fork for a lot of the Chicago. You need a fork not, for most foods. <laughs> not for most pizzas, though. Via 313 is incredible. So thank you to uh, BN Tawookie for the suggestion. Uh, I was like on the verge of tears. It was so good. Well, and all I can think glad the whole you time was just it. like, boy, I'd be they happy just to try it. Move all of this to Chicago and replace all of that. You know? No, I do not know. Lou Malnati's, is that what it's called? There's a lot of, lot of great places. Lumanati's is one of them. And why can't we get a fucking a solid Italian beef place down here, but we had to import the lowest-ranked regional pizza that's ever been created? There are not that many Chicago-style pizza places here. No, no, it's just those, pretty much. What do you mean? Like, we got Lumanati's, famous regional fare, but we still can't keep open, like, Luskers, or however you say it. Uh, that was like the highlight of the live show for me. Was going to Looster's before the show. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, I don't think that there's a Lumanati's in the DFW area. What's the one in Arlington? There was a Geno's East for a little while. D- or I guess the Geno's East might- still is in Arlington, but there's one that was actually accessible to my house that closed. That yeah, might I'd, be. I'd that's happily, what I'm thinking of. I, I anytime I have a chance to go by the Arlington, when I do, but that's you know less than once a year. It's in fucking Arlington. That doesn't count. I think you should open up an Italian, like, you should franchise a Portillo's. Uh, they have them in Los Angeles, and they have one next to the Cubs Spring Training Facility in, uh, I think it's Scottsdale, one of the Arizona's, uh, one of the Phoenix suburbs, and uh, I've definitely been to it. It was awesome. Whenever the Cowboys played the Cardinals, I, w- I uh, covered that game for the station, and the second that I was checked into the Cowboys Hotel, called an Uber, went to the Portillo's by the Cubs Spring Training Facility. That's <laughs> perfect. the Cubs, though. Um, can I, uh, can I, can I tell you about a little rabbit hole that I've been down and then we can talk about rabbit hole if you want. Sure. So I'm a really big fan of the PM Dawn song set adrift on memory bliss. Do you remember that song? No. Let me play a little bit of that song for you so you can remember that song. Do you know this already? No, I don't. Give me about 10 more seconds. 
Okay, yeah. An absolute jam. Just great time anytime it's on. People love it. Yeah, this this goes. Anyways, I like that song. I like listening to it. And so I will often go to Apple Music and type in Set Adrift on Memory Bliss and say, boy, I hope I can listen to the song. And every single time I see that there is a re-recorded version that like they came back like, you know, years and years and years later, like within the last two or three years. And the song came out in like, I think like 1991, something like that. And uh, it just made it again. And we're just like, we have this one. And I've always been like, that's fucking dumb. Like, what is this bullshit? Like I, every single other song that the that the the group PM Dawn ever made is available, except for the one song they made that anyone fucking wants to hear, where they're just like, "Hey, uh, I've got this other one," um, and I've I've always thought that was odd. I, I, I tried to go up on iTunes and buy it, like so that I could get around this, and uh, they they don't sell it on iTunes. Uh, it is part of the looking for a friend for the end of the, or seeking a friend for the end of the world soundtrack, but you have to buy the entire soundtrack. And I declined to do that. Um, I did find a solution, which we can talk to talk about in a second. Uh, but I've, I was wondering why this happened. And, uh, so PM Dawn was two guys, uh, the, the guy that's rapping and, um, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, the, the guy that's laying down the beats and, uh, neither of them are, associated with the band any longer um oh, no the the gentleman who is uh who, whose voice you hear um his name is prince b and he uh had a very rough case of diabetes had a hard time with life in 2005 suffered um what i think was like his third or fourth stroke and this one was pretty debilitating he went ahead and uh, passed away in i think like 2016 but but pretty much from 2005 on was more or less incapacitated, very limited, you know, um, ability to do anything on account of the stroke. And he had a cousin who at the time of the stroke was like, oh yeah, here we go. (laughs) And, uh, like started calling himself Prince P. And I have learned that in fact, this cousin is the one rapping on the re-recorded version. Like, I listened to the re-recorded version. It was like, wow, these guys fell off. It's not even them. It's a fucking other guy who's related to them that is just like, yeah, I'm him now. Call me the same thing. No, it's not weird at all. And uh, that's what's going on. And I, I guess, I don't know the specific mechanics of this because I was only able to find most of this information on like a fucking message board. There's not like a, a, a great um, investigative piece. Although if There's anyone's not a listening- PM Don Wiki. I guess not. Well, I mean, they're they're on Wikipedia, but it, it did not provide the information I was looking for. Um, but the the speculation on the message board, which seemed airtight enough to me to, to go onto it with uh you know this very respected platform that we have here, uh, is just that you know the the fucking guy the the guy who's claiming to be Prince B now does not get royalties from music that he did not record, and he, there's not royalties coming in from the any of the other songs, so he doesn't give a shit. So he somehow found some way of 
claiming the rights to the song and getting it scrubbed from every single place on the internet and the only thing you can listen to and thus the only thing that generates uh, the the streaming revenues is this re-recorded version that he made and fuck who knows I don't know if that guy like has to work you know I mean I, I have no idea what you get from uh, you know being a one hit wonder uh, 30 fucking years ago but you know I don't know uh, it's, it's probably enough to afford you know a small apartment I would think um, but you, you may be wondering what about the other member of the band mm-hmm. How come mm-hmm. he's not involved? That's because he had a sexual relationship with a 14-year-old cousin. Mm, now, will you be able to separate the art from the artist? <laughs> <laughs> the true test, PM Dawn. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say anything to support, but it's not like he's even the one. You know, he, he's more just an incidental player. Like, if their fucking road manager did that, would, would we have to, uh, uh, you know, dissociate entirely? I don't know. I don't know. I Well, like pedo Don, you know what I mean? I just don't, especially in this case where like no one's getting the royalties because the only way I'm going to be able to listen to it is by like a means where people aren't getting anything from it. Um, then, you know, I, I think it's a pretty clear, like, like I'm not doing anything to help victims of, uh, of, uh, child abuse by not listening to the song. I, d- I don't think that they're going to be like, thank you, TC, you saved us. So, uh, so, so I, I feel fine about it, but yeah, I, what I, I didn't want to buy the, uh, the, the regular, the, uh, soundtrack thing because one, I'd have to buy the entire soundtrack and two, it was just the radio edit. So what I did was, uh, on Amazon, I was able to, uh, to find the single, which has the radio edit and an extended mix. <laughs> so that, that bad boy's flying in from China somewhere. I'm going to get that in the next couple weeks. Very exciting. Very exciting. Did the pedo Don go to jail? Um, unclear. Like he definitely got charged, spent some time, but like I, I don't know. I did find an interview with the uh, the cousin. Um, I think his I think his name before he uh like his his rap name before he started calling himself Prince B is Doc G, which like you know I don't know whatever. Uh, it's not very creative whenever you already have a cousin named Prince B to call yourself Doc G. But Mm-mm. I'll set it aside. Um. And yeah, it was interesting. He told uh, The Stranger, I don't know if you're familiar with that publication, it's a uh, Seattle-based alt-weekly about uh, giving yourself a handjob with the left hand. That's mainly the issues they covered. They did take a a short break from that to talk to to Doc G. And um, he he was like, yeah, we kicked him out of the band. But like, there was nothing in there about, um, you know, that like, uh, that the guy was still in jail. I don't think he's in jail now. Um, but I'm not sure it, all of this. I, I wanted to know the answer to that question as well. And I want to know the answer to the question of what exactly is going on with, uh, this fucking song and why can't I listen to it? And I'm here to tell you that the, the, uh, the liberal news media is failing us. The, the fake news is, uh, is absolutely, uh, pants down on the job when it comes to supplying me with information about PM Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm this doing the, the best I can, hole ever. and I just I just maybe want to set off some sleuths, you know. If it, yeah, I, who knows if uh, New York Times writer is listening to this? So if they are, look in the PM Dawn. What's going on there? <laughs> I feel like, and I can't immediately recall any of them, but I think I've heard of stuff like uh, like what the cousin pulled. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I can't think of any like right off the top of my head, but I swear that's happened in music before where some guy's like, well, no, I'm not him, but 
I'm related to him. And but he's he dead, and I want to be rich. Dead. So <laughs> right, uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's quite the little swindle there. I actually respect that guy the most out of anybody, and very clearly the pedo. Uh, much more respect for the cousin than him, but than anybody that you've detailed in this story. Well, I mean, and Prince B made the, the actual solve. Yeah, but then he got fucking hoodwinked. Well, I mean, he was stroked out, dude. Still. Still. Interesting counterpoint. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm done with Rabbit Hole. Uh, I, I found it to be a, a good podcast that went by pretty fast. Kind of jumped around to uh, more or less three topics, right? So I was, I was, I'm always a little annoyed whenever someone's like, we're going to talk about the internet. And really, that's just like they didn't have eight episodes worth of one thing. So they just like it's not like they talked about the whole Internet. They just talked no, about three separate stories. Kind of main character. Um, but yeah, but he, then he, he also kind of fades. Yeah, he goes away for the, the second half of the podcast. But yeah. I still it's fine. I liked the stuff with him in it much more than the other stuff. But all of it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I, you know, I wasn't mad about listening to it. Um but yeah, what, what did you think? Uh, you know, it's one of those stories that I honestly try to forget exists because I'm not saying that my relationship with the internet or really any of ours is a positive one, but there are people whose relationship with it is detrimental at best. Like that. Like you might just, not even want to call it life wrecking. Right, exactly. Yes. And like the telling stories of dudes who literally consume like let's say they sleep seven hours a night, they consume seventeen hours of YouTube the rest of the time. Yeah. Every day. In their earbud, maybe even when they're sleeping. Like the people that will just listen to every Joe Rogan podcast, four hours of it every day, and then they get into Jordan Peterson and then they get into uh what's the bell curve guy's name? Sam something. Uh yeah, I, God damn it! I know it. What? I'm sorry. Sam, I don't think that's the guy who wrote it. I think Sam, just the defends. racist academic. Yeah, because someone know. someone told me he had a good podcast about an unrelated topic the other day. Sam Harris. There you go. That's it. Yeah, and it's a lot of like junk science shit that they peddle about. You know, it, it's it's really really frustrating. But I guess the thing about rabbit hole that's concerning to me, and it's worth your time, um, is that. Like, so sometimes I'm like, man, I'm really, I'm kind of a dumb person. Like I'm, I can, if I see a convincing or persuasive argument, sometimes I feel like I'm too easily swayed, but then I hear stuff like this and I'm like, well, I'm no worse than at least average Yeah, because there are a lot of people who just have absolutely no ability to uh, not believe the last thing that they heard no matter how crazy the last thing they heard was and we talked about this before that it's like almost it's very hard to imagine the fact that there are people that are like really into almost like alt-right ideas and a couple years later are like well actually i like bernie like that is so foreign to me um well that's that's kind of what i wanted to talk about after listening to it is like 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 just the you that I, for the reasons that you're talking about, like, I, I share the same concern of, like, uh, you know, that I, like, I, I'm pretty sure if I, like, uh, listen to Jordan Peterson all the time, 
that um, I would be able to say, like, like, it's not like he has, or that anyone, uh, aside from Hitler, has zero good ideas. Like, I'm no, sure he's got... Deshaun. What's that? Oh, um, you know. Uh, it's so, I, I'm sure that I, I would be able to separate the good from the bad, really. But, like, deep in my heart, there's some kind of fear that, like, if I listen to it all the time, that I'm just going to be like, Man, maybe they're all right. Maybe I'm just a, just a Jordan Peterson guy now. And that that's dumb. But, like... I don't know. It, 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 it does like, uh, you know, bounce around in my brain somewhere. Uh, so a lot of these guys that they're talking about, I, I do not like have a, an extensive history with their actually, you know, I like, I, I, I have a general snapshot of what they're about. Um, but like could not tell you chapter and verse. And it's like the podcast contains a good amount of Stefan Molyneux specifically talking, um, just like, you know, espousing his views and, it was really striking to me that he and just whenever they characterize the other, you know, figures on the right uh, that, that this guy is listening to, that like they're talking about the exact same problems. Like their their diagnosis of what's wrong is, I don't want to say the same, but extremely similar to the, the diagnosis of what's wrong that you and I talk about on a regular basis and the one that Bernie talks about or, or anyone else on the left. Like it, it, it was just striking to me how obvious it is to anyone who's looking what's wrong. And the only thing that like it, it, it whatever, this is normal. This is not like a, a giant insight, but you know, it's something I was thinking. So I want to talk about it with you. Um, is that like, you know, just how to solve it becomes a, 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 an open question, but like the whole thing of like, you know, that, that, if you anyone who pays any attention to like you know uh, economic data sees that like everyone nowadays who you know didn't get like get didn't get in and get a solid foundation under them before the 2008 financial crisis is getting absolutely fucking wiped out day after day, and uh, you know <laughs> like I, it was I guess it was comforting in a way to know that people who I like firmly disagree with. Uh, look at, look at this and they're like, yeah, no, that's what the data says. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It's just, I mean, obviously the reason I don't think I would be particularly swayed by a lot of their ideas. One of them, one of the things is that it's not even that I necessarily need to be persuaded or swayed by them. It's that they're fucking super obvious to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like some of the stuff that I hear those guys say and then, then they're treated as like these just visionaries. I'm like, well, yeah, this is a lot of this stuff is very basic. And it's like things you learned whenever you were in seventh grade. But then the other thing is obviously that they don't ever really seem interested in making the connection. It all goes back to like the individual, right? That their whole deal is that, oh, you know, you just got to be able to kind of pull yourself up out of it. I'm like, okay, you just went through all this data and all this information that shows how far behind these other countries we are on things like, uh, like I referenced that infographic deal to you last week, like the share of the economy going to worker pay. Uh, the let's, I'm just going to read through these for you because this was really good. Annual minimum wage, 2018. We were pretty much right in the middle of uh, like developed countries. Cell phone service cost, the most. Health expenditures, we all know the story of that one, a share of GDP, insanely, insanely off the charts. Uh, incarceration rates, uh, uh, rates off the charts. So it's wild to me whenever those people can look at those problems, which are obviously systemic problems, and be like, 
you're just going to have to fix it on your own. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you, we were kind of walking on the same path here on the way up to it. Yeah, or just, it's I, like, I, uh, you know, a lack of ethics in video game journalism. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shout out to Gamergate. But like annual hours worked in 2018, we were uh, like a little bit above the middle, like top third. Uh, and that's something that's like, okay, I'm working. Like I very, <laughs> I get it. I need to, I need to work. I need to put my nose to the grindstone. But if you have a situation where people are working more than they are in other countries and receiving so much less and just all these same things we've been talking about forever, it's odd to me that the answer that those guys come up with is you just need to figure this out on your own. And if I say this to you four hours at a time every week, then maybe eventually you'll discover the magic elixir where you can save yourself. Like that's just, it's so weird to me. And it's, it's weird to me. That's their response. It's not weird to me to a certain extent that it works because I mean, a lot of the people that the main guy that they were talking to in the first four episodes, pretty shitty existence. Right? Yeah, no, and it's, it's an enticing message to like, say like, uh, you know, that, that these, these problems can be solved. Like you have all the agency. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to have all the agency. You know, that, that, that'd be fucking sweet. And, and, you know, of course, people have some role in their own fate, obviously. It, it'd be crazy to say otherwise. But, you know, you, you also need to see that you're being buffeted about by things that are a lot bigger than you. Like, you know, it, it's, it's not like, you know, I mean, for, from person to person, it changes. But it's not like on aggregate, our dads were drastically different, much more harder working people who, are, who were way more skilled than we are. Like, you know, on aggregate, they're the same fucking dudes and they just made a lot more money and had a lot more secure of a existence because, you know, uh, fucking Ronald Reagan had not yet uh, fully, you know, fucked things. Uh, you know, that, that was it was all a, a, like, you know, the, the process of rotting had started by the time my dad had entered the workforce. But, you know, it, it's not like the whole thing had been hollowed out. They had just started letting the uh, the, the capitalist in the uh, in the back door and telling them, you know, have whatever you want. Um, so there was still some good things left. And I don't know, I, I especially listening to uh, to this guy who's, you know, living with his uh, grandparents in West Virginia and like um what what is like i i think that the uh the high point in his life uh as described by the podcast is when he gets a kick-ass job at dairy queen like you know um i I've, i'm making more money now than i've ever made in my entire life and i'm doing it by uh podcasting and also doing nothing so <laughs> like I, I i feel great personally i don't know but like i i also feel like i have that, that none of us no no people in my situation um are being given as many opportunities as uh is someone living in this country uh ought to receive and as many opportunities as uh people a generation or generation or two generations ago uh received so you know i don't know i i don't want to make this about like my individual whenever i talk about people being screwed i don't want it to come off as like me complaining about my specific situation i'm pretty happy with my life mainly because of you people like you know, uh, it's it's the the Patreon income that that makes it so shit's pretty good for me. Um, so you know, I, I I appreciate that greatly, but I still do not feel that you you would look at the uh, the economic data and say our prosperity is being shared in a way that it that it ought to be in in a just world. Yeah, I agree with all that. And the last the other thing on reply all that I came away with, and this is not like uh, or did I say reply all rabbit hole um, that. You know, we we know 
But I'm not like that big of a YouTube guy necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever just sit there and watch. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm more likely to hit a Wikipedia uh, rabbit hole, to be honest with you. I just yeah. think, you know, clicking through, like, oh, okay, I've never heard of that before. Like, but the way the algorithm works, right? Just the way that a guy can go from like, hey, I want to watch Frozen parodies to three years later being like, <laughs> I'm a white supremacist now. Yeah. Uh, it's very obvious that it's like set up to be that way. And I mean, I don't know. They're a company. So if they want to make money, they need to keep people watching. I get it. But yeah, I don't think it's their intent to make white supremacists. I guess that you're probably not saying that, right? No, I just don't think that they do much to keep it from happening. Uh, they're just, it's just like, again, the way their algorithm algorithms work and the way they, they, they push you towards fringe and every, they just sort of do the, uh, the, the term, uh, I can't remember what Cass Sunstein would call this, but basically everything uh, nuts, you're seeing, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. You're seeing things that are 5% crazier than the last thing you saw. And it sounds weird, but over time, yeah, you're going to end up seeing some pretty crazy shit. You're not necessarily going to be getting um, recommendations that could refute or rebut that stuff. You're just going to continue to get more 5% versions of crazier of that. So, Yeah, they, they, they talked to a YouTube employee who more or less got fired for being like, hey guys, uh, this some of this could be bad. Have you thought about doing it another way? But yeah. then they then they also talk to the CEO, and I don't know. The CEO's job is to uh, say things that make it so that you think it's okay to continue using YouTube, no problem. Um, and like you know, so if she does that job effectively, like uh, I don't know, it, it feels like if you believe her too much, you're uh, you're being duped. But some of the things she said, like you know, I, I can I can see myself whenever I go to YouTube that they have a lot more COVID-19 information from, and like I, I joined the uh, legions of people who don't click on it. You know, like I've, I'm already aware of the virus. I don't want to watch 20 fucking videos on it, but that stuff uh, does, does not generally come from uh, conspiracy sites. It's more like here's what NBC news latest thing. And right. you know, the, the result of that is that you're taking all of the ad money and giving it to, you know, one of the richest media corporations on earth and taking it away from, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not here to uh, defend like a uh, crackpot conspiracy theorists. Like it's not like uh, my ideal world is one in which they make millions off of making their crackpot conspiracy theories. But like it does occur to me that, uh, you know, it, forefronting more traditional media sources is having the effect of uh, giving, you know, more resources to the rich. But, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? It's a hard problem. Yeah, it is. It's probably a preferred outcome than having people be radicalized by the internet. Um, but it also somewhat runs antithetical to some of the stuff we were just talking about, about distribution of wealth and income. So it is a hard problem. Um, speaking of a weird, uh, I don't know, we got an email last week and I don't want to read the whole thing because it was kind of personal. Um, but how about the, uh, the, so they got away with that, huh? That uh, our buddy Jeff emailed us. Have you read this Wikipedia page? Uh, yeah, I, I know I did, but it, refresh me. This is Thomas C. Wales, who is believed to be the only U.S. federal prosecutor to yeah, have yeah, been yeah, yeah, yeah. the victim of an assassination. He was murdered one month to the day after 9-11. And so this is a combo, so they got away with that, huh, and a 
saturation where you just didn't have any brain space. What you for call else. a Levy story? <laughs> I call it a Levy. That's right. Um, so this guy was a uh, when he was in I think high school. No, no, no. His son was in high school in 1995, uh, and one of his classmates brought a gun to school and shot two classmates. Like shot two students where his son went to high school. So he becomes involved in a Washington ceasefire, um, which was a you know a, a lobbying group trying to get tighter gun laws. Later becomes the president of that group, um, and he was an assistant U.S. attorney uh, attorney for the U.S. Uh, District Court of the Western District of Washington and Seattle. Blah blah blah, investigating bank fraud, etc. So he's a very outspoken advocate for gun control and in october of 2001 somebody got onto his property avoided the security lights and shot him in the neck through an office window with a handgun and uh and back in 2018 the fbi i think actually kind of announced that they they, based on their investigation of it up to that point, so again, 17 years later, that it was it was almost certainly a hitman, um, which again has never happened before. An airplane pilot that he had prosecuted uh, some years back was not charged, but he was investigated and his home was searched. That pilot uh, was a big-time firearms enthusiast, and it is believed by many... FBI agents included that he he basically had this dude killed for talking about gun control, which is just and like that's a that's a that would be a national news story if it had not happened either a right after nine eleven or b like in the last four years because you know nothing becomes a big story anymore because there's a new one every day but like I'd never even heard this guy's name before. I'd, and he's a he's a U.S. attorney who was murdered in his own home in an assassination. I'd uh I'd, I'd read long reads on this five or six years ago, maybe more. Um, I don't I don't even know that they had. Uh, I I don't recall. I I it was it was well it was long enough ago that I only remember that uh he was a U.S. attorney and lived in Seattle and was killed and no one knows for sure who did it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's the kind of, it's the kind of thing that like if you're sitting around and we're like. We're gonna kill the U.S. attorney, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Are you fucking crazy? Like, no one gets away with that." Yeah, but I, 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 in, in their just, home, you're gonna yeah. murder a federal prosecutor in their home, and a federal prosecutor who is not like a keep his head down guy. So people know that he, <laughs> that it's likely that if he were going to be assassinated, it would be by gun nuts. <laughs> yeah, like paying somebody to do it. Like that's incredibly brazen yeah uh and, and just you know it, it goes back to i i just i i guess that's the the i guess everyone knows because it's the whole fucking point of the thing but like people get away with some crazy shit man yes yes it just i, I want to keep a full list of this but and i think part of the reason why it's so hard to wrap your head around is because when you think about like your own capabilities let's say that you did want to have someone murdered uh, I'll just tell you personally, there's a 99.9999% chance I could not pull that off. You're so wrong. The idea, that, the idea that there are people who can, it's just, it's inc incredibly hard to wrap your head around.
Um, because I think most people, again, sort of reflect and they're like, well, how do I, I don't even know how you would do that. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I always like idly wonder about various, uh, crimes. Like whenever I was, at, this happened before Excel, but it was like, it, it was accelerated at Excel. Like just wondering about how would I break out of here if I was going to try to right? like that, that, that would, that occupied my thinking. I don't know. 25% of the thoughts that I had while there, like I wasn't even attempting to get out. It was just like, let's just play this out. If I was going to try and do this, what's the way to do it? And, uh, you know, I, 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 that kind of stuff all the time, like, you know, bank robberies, you know, like if, if I was going to do this, what do I think is an airtight way? What, what would be my way of, uh, of, of taking a stab at this thing? And every time that I go through that, I'm always like, man, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And, and end up where you are of like, nah, there's no way I could do it. And I think that what the real world is screaming at us over and over and over is all the what about this is, most of those just don't fucking happen. Like what, whatever thing that you think that uh, the, the police are going to like uh, pull on you or whatever, um, they, they, they just, they're, they're not going to figure that out. They're not going to notice whatever thing that you're worried about them noticing. Like <laughs> this is not how the world works. Like sometimes, yeah, and you wouldn't want to risk your whole fucking life on it. So uh, don't kill anyone. Don't rob a bank. That's my official advice. But like, I don't know. If, if, if you think the chances of you getting caught are high, there's just a lot of evidence out there in the world to suggest that you're incorrect. Maybe, but I'm also... Bank robberies are pretty unsuccessful at this point, but, but go ahead. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's harder to commit a bank robbery now than any other point in time, I believe. I wonder, though, like, even if that... If that even saying that that's true, if it's still, like, do most of them go unsolved? I don't know. I, like, I, I remember, and I, I'm sure that the, that, like, I'm positive that the statistics in the town were, uh, were false, but I remember I at some know. point, like, learning how many bank robberies there are and being like, oh, I thought I knew about all of them. Uh, yeah, just bank robberies in general, I, I do believe have been going down. Uh, I Googled bank robbery solve rate and it says, uh, 60%. Okay. Among the That's highest still quite of all a few crimes. of them getting away though. Yeah, no, I'm uh, listen, you know, the the point of the 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 whole thing is that it's it's easier to get away with stuff than you would think. Like, you know, to, to say like walking into a bank and trying to rob it like you got a 4 in 10 chance of being fine. Like, you know, that's that's not terrible odds. Um but but yeah, that I I like I I've seen plenty of stuff indicating that uh it used to be high fucking great times to to rob a bank right and that that is largely stopped being the case uh i think that the point that they were making in the article was that uh internet crime is just so much easier and you can get so much more right. money and that you know if, if you're trying to steal from someone uh internet scams are just a a, a way superior way to go um can i give you a little bit of trip notes i would love some trip notes um, I talked, we talked about this a little bit on the air. Then today. I do have a piece of audio, but I, I would be happy to end with that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd never been to a, there's a place called Rhymer Ranch, R-E-R-E-I-M-E-R, Rhymer's Ranch Park. Yeah, I listen to Mike Rhymer all the time. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is Milton Rhymer's Ranch Park and it's in Dripping Springs and it was kind of our fallback option because a lot of the other places we wanted to go were closed. But dude, if you're ever down in that part of the world, it's like four dollars to get into the park and i think it was especially cool because 
it was a Tuesday, so there was really nobody there. Kind of had the whole run of the place to ourselves, but there are some amazing hiking trails, and it's all around the river, so you can just kind of, whenever you want, walk, you know, down from the trails and, and get in, like, I guess it's Hamilton Creek, because uh, it's pretty close to, like, Hamilton Pool, but Hamilton Pool is closed. Um, Looks like it's on, on I'm, I'm looked on the Google Maps, uh, it's calling it the Pedernales River. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it, it's 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 a pretty big place, and yeah, it's the Pedernales River, that's right. Um, and it's awesome, and I, you know, I'd spent a lot of time down there, and I've never been, and I, well, I'd never even heard of it. And I think, you know, it was one of those deals where we, like, every place we were contacting was either booked or closed on Monday and Tuesday. Did you try the, do you guys have any cancellations? Well, so Hamilton, so that, a couple things there. Hamilton Pool closed back down. So even, even with, like. Yeah, so it's just zero people can go right now. Zero at that time. And the other thing, too, that we didn't really, like, I, I really love that we did the first half of the week trip. So then you get home and you don't feel like, oh, I got to go right back to work after this trip. So that was cool. But the downside to that is a lot of the stuff you want to do, even like, you know, breweries or wineries, they're going to be closed on Monday and Tuesday because they're never closed on the weekend. Yeah. So if they're like set up as touristy type places, uh, you do run into that. (laughs) There was a lot of places we wanted to go that were closed on Monday and Tuesday and we didn't look ahead of time really. Um, we just looked to see like, Hey, are they open COVID wise? And, uh, several of them were not. So we found, you know, there's just one of those, and this might be the only time this has ever actually worked out for us, which is, uh, just like the, the area magazine that's left in the place you're staying, which you usually are kind of like, whoever looks at these yeah, <laughs> and doesn't have their whole trip kind of planned out, but she started thumbing through it and, it was probably the highlight of the trip. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's no, a really see, cool place. Seeing the stuff she was posting of it, it looked fucking great. I wanted to be there. Yeah, and it's not like a type of hike where you've got to be, you know, hardcore to pull it off. I mean, if you're, you know, okay with just making moderate moves up and down, you know, some rocks, it's not like rock climbing or anything. It, it was great. And then uh, the other, the other one we did on Monday, I think it was Cypress Springs. Let me see if I can find the name of it. Um, but that is where, and I told you this the other day, craziest shit I've seen. Um, we were in the water. It's like a place where you can just go and, uh, maybe it's not Cypress Springs. I don't know. Cypress Falls, but it's just like a little swimming hole. Yeah. Cypress Falls swimming hole. And there's probably like 30 people there, maybe mostly families. This place is in Wimberley. And you can just rent like, uh, you know, tubes and hop in and just relax basically. And it's kind of got like a little waterfall type deal that you can edge right up to and it's like dammed off so you don't have to worry about falling over or anything. But you try not to think about the snake when you're in the Hill Country River, but you know they're there. Mm -hmm. And usually if you're floating the river, they're off to the side and they're not that big. Yeah. And you're not usually over there in the thicket. You know, you're in the middle. You're floating. There's a ton of people. They don't want any part of you. But this was a little different because it was a much wider area of the river. I mean, very, very, very wide. And so people are kind of spread out. And that gives opportunity for snake. And we were in the water. And she was facing 
the bank and I was facing like the other side. Uh, it's kind of has like a little mountain type scene. And uh, she was like, holy shit, huge snake. And I kind of like kicked my tube around and the biggest snake I have ever seen in a river in my life. It might have been the biggest snake I've ever seen, period. Holy shit. Like and it swimming? was only probably, yes. And it was only probably Fuck. 20 feet away from us. And it was five feet long, four to five feet long. And so you have to think like that thing could get over here pretty quickly if it wanted to. Now it doesn't want to. I think that's generally the case, but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm pushing to the other side of this. Let's get out of here. I kind of like yelled at a little kid that was right next to it. And I was like, Hey man, you want to come this way? And within the span of about it felt like two seconds. It was probably more like eight to ten. Some guy who worked there emerged from the bank, cowboy hat, jeans, wife beater, boots. He was probably 25 and just pegged it in the head with a huge stone. Holy shit. We were like, where the hell did that guy come from? How did he have a stone and how did he hit it in the head? So like yeah. Some people are probably, like, I, I posted this on Twitter and some people are like, dude, that's not okay. Like, that's not how you handle that situation. But he's clearly like the muscle no, no, no. for that, for that part of the river. And then, and I hear what hand, they're he, saying and I, I would like to be that, but I also really don't want to be bit by a snake. But I, you know, it's not like it was biting anyone. I hear what they're saying. I, yeah, I, I see both and he sides. He didn't kill it. He didn't kill it. It just kind of stunned it. And in his other hand, he had a uh, boat oar. And he, like, uh, you know, guided it away from everybody and over the little, like, cliff dammed waterfall area. And he just, like, turned back and he was like, rat snake. And then he just, like, retreated back into the shadows. That was it? <laughs> <laughs> it, was so, it was so surreal, dude. Like, I don't, it was like he was like a mythical creature that just appeared. And uh, I was pretty freaked out the rest of the day. Um, but, you sure. know. I then got made fun of for not wanting to get back in. Yeah, and uh, rightfully so. Get back in. I did, but it was it was weird, man. Like you just try not to think about it. But yeah, like uh, three weeks ago, we were uh, I was I was in Granbury with uh, Josh and Nikki, and um, we were in 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 the Cove, the Good Cove, the best Cove, our favorite Cove. And uh, I was I was talking to uh, like Josh and Nikki were on one side and I was facing them talking to them so I could see over their shoulder that a snake like dipped into uh, the water and you know Nikki's like super worried about that stuff anyways um, so I just didn't say anything you know I was just kind of like all right I don't want to freak them out I'm just gonna you know kind of note that and about five minutes later and this happens in there all the time it's not a big deal but. Uh, like a little fish just kind of nibbled on me just to like check, you know, what's what's going on here. And I thought for sure that that specific snake had like marked me for death. <laughs> and like this, this was it. Like it was a water moccasin coming to get me. And I let out <laughs> the uh, oh, no. most effeminate, highest pitched uh, scream that you've ever heard. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, um, my, my earlier uh, decision to try and uh, play it cool so that the, 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 the guys didn't get spooked um really backfired on me because i feel like if we'd all been at uh defcon snake that then it would have been totally understandable but i was on defcon snake and they were like oh we're just in a cool body of water and so yeah or or maybe i would have looked like a puss no matter what but um yeah, yeah and the, the other thing is you, you can hear me right yes sorry my computer had like a weird situation there for a second but so we stayed like another two hours mm-hmm 
And as people cycled through, because like it got real quiet for like 15 minutes. Sure. I mean, it was a, there was a pall that was cast over. And as people would leave and then new people would show up and they're like cycling through, I had this like overwhelming urge to stand like where people pay and be like, you should know there was a huge snake here. It just had a snake. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I'm not trying to freak you out, but I feel like you should be operating with full information because, I mean, it was kind of weird just watching people with little kids, 20 or so more people show up in the next two hours and they're just getting in right where this thing was. Yeah, I mean, what? And I wanted to be like, like you should know. <laughs> it's fine. And even if it did bite them, like, they'd be fine. Like, you know, whatever. You don't want to get bit by a snake, but it's it's not that big a deal. I don't know, man. That's pretty cavalier. I've never been bit by a snake. I've never been bit by a snake. I don't want it to happen. It probably fucking sucks. It really hurts. You're probably not losing your arm and you're definitely not dying. Like, I, I know oh, that no. people have died of snake bites in the history of man, but I, I don't think it's a common occurrence around here. Certainly not like at a recreational pool. No, you got to be dealing with the rattler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did not look like a snake that belonged in the water to me. And I have no idea what I actually mean by that because I don't know anything about <laughs> nature. But I looked at it and thought, that, that thing is not in its element right now. Yeah. He wants out of here just as bad as we do. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Like maybe it means he's mad. All right, let me hear your audio. All right, so uh, the, the audio is uh, not, not revolutionary or anything, but I just wanted to play it because uh, it's us, it's you and I talking on the Patreon two weeks ago, and then we have some follow-up that I think uh, belongs to everyone. I think that oh. the wider audience needs to know about this. So I'm going to throw in some sounds after this to make it real clear uh, what's the part of the replay and what's the part of us. So, uh, you know, just both of us don't talk during this so it doesn't get confusing. Okay. That we left the state and went all the way to Florida, and our big idea was, boy, let's see, let's see if we can see a hoedown. Well, you just missed home. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if we can get some teenagers from the West Palm Beach area to crib our culture. Uh, one thing I did not know about Disney World, I certainly didn't remember from being a kid, is uh, they like recruit worldwide. Oh, yeah, that's true, because I remember the, the name tags. Yeah, the name tags all say where they're from, and certainly everywhere in Epcot, if you're being served by someone in the French restaurant, they're from somewhere in France. Right. But, like, you know, even, like, the, the person at the desk at your hotel or whatever is, you know, from Caracas. Dude, I bet you there's a ton of fucking in that game. Just can't keep their hands off each other like the goddamn Olympic Village. I mean, it's like... It's like, uh, yeah, it's like well, the Olympic Village or summer camp, but at the happiest place on earth with a bunch of Swedish chicks. Yeah, I mean, you know. Just cer fucking. Certainly would be great to have sex in Disneyland. <laughs> All right, it's back to us, uh, the, the real okay. guys in, in present times. And I don't, I, I'm sure that you received everything I received and more, but we, for, especially for a Patreon episode, this, this got a, a big response. Boy, did it. I have it on my list for today. And all of it was, you guys nailed it. 
It's just fucking freak fest 2K20. <laughs> uh, yeah, people were like, dude, you you didn't even go far enough. Yeah, like, uh, it, was, it was like borderline orgies <laughs> so, for everybody who was working at Disney World. Uh, sample email. We got a lot of emails, but this one comes from Kevin. Uh, during college, I spent a couple semesters in the Disney College program where they bring in students from all over the country to run the rides and sling burgers for dirt cheap. They warehouse several thousand students in an apartment complex called Vista Way and the international program people who work at the countries in Epcot live there too. Your assumption is like the Village is 100% correct. Getting laid there was pretty much the sexual equivalent of steroid era baseball. <laughs> uh, we, we had another listener write in that he'd had a friend who uh, who worked there that uh, his goal was just to, to, to knock out the full list of princesses. <laughs> just every, just meet a girl who played every single princess and uh oh, consummate and uh i i think he got about three quarters of the way there was was his claim uh the, but my my favorite part that, that most clearly indicates exactly how right you were about this whole thing was uh he mentioned uh vista way there someone else just said hey look up vista lay You'd search Google for Vista Lay, uh, one of the top results in Urban Dictionary entry. Another name for Vista Way, one of the two apartment complexes set aside for Disney college programmers. This shady complex is notorious for the amount of horny college-aged interns living there, <laughs> often the spot of much sex and sexually transmissive diseases. Uh, it, it used in a sentence, Hey man, I just came back from the doctor. I have an STD. Now I need to be in costume in an hour. <laughs> Person two will next time try hooking up in Chatham, not Vista Lay. <laughs> Jeez. So, so I, perfect. I, I don't know what to make of all this. Uh, I, I certainly hope that women are being respected. That's that's the number one uh, goal of the podcast. But uh, yeah, we, we, we appear to have Touched uh, a nerve. unknowingly poked something that is uh, is very real. Dude, all I could think, and I don't know how well equipped I would have been for something like that when I was in college, but I feel like huge missed opportunity. I mean, you went to Texas State. That's true. That's true. It was a bit of a... <laughs> it's like that, but without costumes. That's that's the only... Yeah, and everybody is from, like, Houston and Arlington. Yeah. Uh, not, you know... Like, see, I thought what you were going to say when you read the princess thing was, I knew a guy, and this is not respectful at all, but it was a different time. He was older than me, who lived in my neighborhood, and he was a big-time athlete at the college level. And I don't remember if it was him or one of his friends... But like basically they were they would <laughs> this is so bad. Their game was to keep list of the countries of origin of all the people they had hooked up with. Mm, and like mm. I <laughs> the, the one guy would be like, Man, I knocked out like almost the entire European Union. <laughs> <laughs> like uh just have a like a map, like a, where right. you scratch off wherever yeah, you've been we, there. Like, we have one of those. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. we still use it or not, but we have one of those because I think it's cool. Like, oh, we can color yeah. in this country we've been to now. But yeah, that was like their bit. And I guarantee you there were people at Disney that are like, yeah, I'm trying to take care of all of South America this summer. Yeah. 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 <sighs> so horny. Um, totally and unrelated. A bunch, little, a bunch of little kids running around like that just have no idea what's actually happening behind the scenes there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it recalls the mind... <laughs> Uh, someone, someone I know once accused uh, Michael Irvin 
of uh, walking around with his dick being wet right now. And uh, that, that uh, just to, to think of that about a person in costume, you know, like the, the, as the kid is like, uh, you know. Posing uh, for a picture or yeah, hugging, yeah, you, hugging your leg. Lightyear. It's just. <laughs> he's, he's, he's still dripping. Um <laughs> I, I Disney World fun fact uh, about the international program. I learned that uh, that was uh, Red Panda's first performance on American soil. She was uh, she was brought in to, uh, to to perform at the uh, the China Pavilion in Epcot. Really? Indeed, indeed. That's quite the that's quite the origin story. Yep. And now the heights that she's achieved, man. Man, that's why I need the NBA back. I miss those halftime shows, man. That was Will like the highlight. Will we still get the halftime shows in quarantine? <sighs> Probably not. Probably not. But it does sound like there's going to be a healthy supply of maybe princesses to <laughs> yeah. satisfy the NBA players' needs. I mean, if, if though they could get Red Panda to perform, it would be a bit of a homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's fun. Yeah, man. Good times. Uh, talk to you Thursday. Yes, sir. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.